Good afternoon and welcome back to the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block, streaming on Facebook Live, today hosted by only one Ed, as well as Mike, Gina, and Steve. So good afternoon, let's a, everybody. Let's do a shout out to Ed Powell. He's not here, but he's missed. Right. I think he's out west somewhere, maybe riding the range. Who knows? Well, he can report on flying without masks. Yeah. Ho hopefully. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll be the man on the, I can't say the man on the ground for that. So let's go right to the masks. I saw somebody in the, uh, in the spirit of the Passover season, somebody, I think it was the guy on Rebel News who called it a let my people go moment. A moment of instant change to freedom. And that wonderful feeling everybody got when they heard that they could take off their masks. And we've all seen the videos, I'm sure. But people on airplanes cheering and shouting. And of course, he pointed out some other interesting things. As in one minute before that announcement, those same exact flight attendants would have killed you for mm. not wearing the mask. And I think that's an interesting point. But um, I want to first hand this over to our legal expert. Um, Tell us about the decision if you read it, if you're up on it, Ed. Um, you can answer my question of why did this take two years, et cetera, et cetera. It's all yours, Ed. Well, I haven't had a chance to read it. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I've been traveling the last week. I'm doing college visits with my son, uh, but I did read the news about it. The reason it took so long is because it was a final decision on the merits. Uh, it was not a preliminary injunction. Uh, and to break that down from legalese, a preliminary injunction is something that you ask for at the beginning of a case to hold, to sort of hold the status quo in place while you litigate whether something is illegal or can be done or shouldn't be done. Um, and then the final injunction, you know, the final decision is, you know, yes, it's illegal, it should be enjoined, or no, it's not illegal, it should be allowed to, to go, or I mean, it doesn't have to be in a government situation. It could be, you know, somebody is joined or no, it's not illegal or somebody is, you know, stealing intellectual property rights. You know, you might ask for an injunction to prevent them from just from distributing whatever it is that you allege that they've stolen. You ask for preliminary injunction and that's something right when you file a complaint and, you know, you're just trying to hold it in place. And if it turns out that it wasn't a theft of intellectual property, then at the end of the case, then the person who was looking to sell whatever it is he has, he's, he's allowed to sell it. And if, he, and if you prove that it was intell your intellectual property, you get what's called a permanent injunction. Uh, likewise here, the, the, the news reports that I've read were that it was a permanent injunction. It was a final decision on the merits that the policy was invalid. Um, what Do you I know when this case was filed? Uh, I think it was filed two years ago. So that doesn't seem like a long time? Uh, well, it seems like a long time when I've got my citizen hat on, but when I've got my lawyer hat on, it doesn't seem like a long time at all. So and that's just the, right. the way, you know, the hands of justice, you know, sometimes go slowly. You know, uh, you know uh, our, our fearless leader is writing a book about due process. And, you know, I'll, you know, I'll share a comment that I shared with him about it. It's you know, the, sometimes the cost of due process can actually be pretty high. And, you know, you can ask for due process, but sometimes 
it takes a long time to actually get it. And there's really no other alternative other than to dispense with due process in the first place, which is also a bad idea. But um, two years for a court decision is it's really not that long. Um, you know, I mean, you have to remember that they're going to litigate the case. They might take discovery. They might do depositions. I mean, I don't know what they did in this particular case, uh, but I assume that they had to do a whole bunch of uh, work re regarding the science behind the masks, um, the politics behind the decision to do it, whether, I mean, I don't know if there was an Administrative Procedure Act claim. I, I, like I said, I didn't read the decision, so I don't know what the actual specifics are. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that has to sort of be fleshed out, and that takes time. So two Give years. Me one second, I want to ask our two lay people. Hi, lay people. Happy you met <laughs> Gina. Do you think two years is a long time? Yes, 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 yes. But again, that's the citizen hat, and I'm not a lawyer, so yes. For me, it was long overdue, especially when the airlines had been saying they want to get rid of it. it yes, it was long overdue. I think the question, and, the real question to ask, oh, sorry, Mike, I'll let you comment and then I'll just throw something in. I, I would just say, considering the circumstances, you would expect a swifter decision in a case like this. Well, I wouldn't expect a swifter decision, but what I would expect is that if the judge was going to rule in there in, in, to strike it down in, in the end, you would think the judge would have issued a preliminary injunction way up front this is the most important i mean the, the the two most important factors in whether the preliminary injunction is granted are are you likely to succeed on the ultimate merits and the other one is are you going to suffer you know wh which side is going to suffer what's called irreparable harm um and the the people bringing the case their their right to breathe is being restrained so they're suffering irreparable harm um, if the judge was going to, you know, ruled it in their favor, it's sort of baffling to me why he wouldn't have issued a, or she wouldn't have issued an, a preliminary injunction right at the beginning of the case. That's what's baffling about it. Not that the final decision took two years. Okay. But, so okay. I know I tend to bash lawyers, and I guess the more I'll have in the it's family, okay. the more Most I'll the time they deserve it. I got one and a third sons who are lawyers now, and two more still talking about it. Um, if she was going to rule on the fact that Congress never authorized the CDC to make any such thing, that takes me about five minutes to figure out. Why does that take two years? Well, again, it has, that to has be nothing to do with the facts of the case. It has nothing to do with the eff effectiveness of the masks. Well, do you believe in separation of powers? In separation of powers, the judge just doesn't just get to get on our high horse and issue orders until you have to follow them. There's right, but once it's in front of her, and she but, looks at the CDC uh, rules and she looks at what Congress authorized them and it doesn't say anywhere they're authorized to do that. Why does that take two years? Because you have to add the, the, the plaintiffs have to ask for judgment. They have to add, they have to ask for summary judgment. Now the plaintiffs also could have asked and should have asked for a preliminary injunction right up front. I don't know whether they did or not. Like I said, I didn't look at the case, uh, but I would think that they would have. And I, I'm perplexed as to why, she wouldn't have issued a preliminary injunction right at the outset of the case. That doesn't make sense to me. That part doesn't make sense. But I mean, the judge doesn't just get to take a look at the complaint and, and just say, oh, I can tell from the looks of this complaint, I'm gonna rule in favor of the plaintiffs. You know, you have to get briefing, you have to, the, the procedures have to be followed and the procedures take time. And, you know, that's just, that's just the way it goes sometimes. As we say, justice delayed. Um... Well, I, I, I think that was interesting. I saw I saw that uh, Biden initially 
Biden said that he was going to that that the decision was there and he wasn't going to appeal it. And then he was overruled by his own people. And they apparently and Saki overruled him. Come on. That's what she said to the press right afterwards. Can I ask you a question? I have a political question. And I don't know if you guys have the expertise. Who has a higher ranking in the White House, Saki or the Easter Bunny? Maybe Saki was dressed as the Easter Bunny when she was. They off. know who it was. They named the Easter Bunny. Oh, who no, was it? It wasn't. I can't remember the name, but it wasn't Jem Saki. So I'm just trying to figure out who outranks who. <laughs> um, yeah. You're, so you're do remi- you think? <laughs> you're, remind- ahead, you're reminding me of an, an old movie with um, a, a famous actor from. Uh, oh God. He plays a movie when there's an invisible rabbit with him or something like that. All right. We'll have to rename this show. Mr. Smith goes goes to Washington. I'm having a total brain spasm. Who's the the famous actor in uh, in Mr. Smith goes to Washington? Do you guys think the DOJ or the CDC is going to come back against this? To try to reinstitute the mask? No, I'm going to tell you something. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. There were 50 stories, one after the other. They're appealing it. They're not appealing it. They're appealing it. They're not appealing it. On and on and on and on. And then the last thing I saw was they're only going to appeal it if the CDC wants to or something like that. Mm-hmm. If the CDC says it's still important. Now, what obviously a cynic's fear is that they will appeal it and they will get a stay within 10 minutes. But then some people are saying it's extremely unlikely based on how it was decided and on whichever court it's going to hit next, which I believe is one of the circuit courts, Ed? Uh, yeah, it will be a circuit court. That's so, a but if, if it does get the stay, do you think anybody's going to follow suit with it again? Do you think the travelers are actually going to put up with it? From the reaction you saw on all those planes, the flight attendants, the TSA, you know, Department of Homeland Security making their announcements that they were not going to enforce it, do you see it even going anywhere? That's the that's the question facing American culture and American society generally. How much are we going to put up with before we just say no? Because it's clear that the Biden administration is going to try and enforce it. I think they'll try and appeal it. Um, whether they get a stay on the injunction, a, a stay of the ruling, I'm not sure. Um, what's what circuit? Where where, where did it heard eleventh? This was Florida. Does that make sense? It was Florida. That would be the 11th. Yeah, there's some liberal judges on the 11th Circuit. Uh, maybe they would issue a stay. I don't know. But I mean, the real question facing us as a people is when are we going to say enough is enough? And it's not just with the mask mandate. It's with everything. And well, I mean, if you're if your um, theory is right, that they're on to the next crisis, then I, I assume they're going to let this one go. See, there's another good theory out there that made a lot of sense to me that this lady, even though she's a Trump judge, and even though our super esteemed chief justice said there's no such thing as a Trump judge, but that she did Biden a tremendous favor because by lifting the mass mandate and being able to blame it on Trump, they win each way. Whereas if they try to reinforce this, it's going to make them even more unpopular and we're getting real close to elections. So I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. Well, the only thing I'll say about what Mike said is that I do think they're on to the next crisis, but I don't think they let go of anything. So I don't and certainly not willingly. I don't think they'll just let it go. I think they'll continue to fight. Um, I I don't think they're just going to let it slide. That's that's just my view on it. Maybe I'll be wrong. But uh, now one of the uh, 
One of the big shots from the NAACP shockingly said this will disproportionately affect people of color. Now, I saw that. Oh my not gosh. I'm sure of how that, exactly that works, but you know, Rush always joked, you know, world comes to an end, you know, people of color and women affected most. Yeah. Nobody, nobody knows exactly what that means, but they can always pull off that angle and maybe it hurts LGBTQIA and MNLP people, you know. Well, apostrophe ampersand. From a political perspective, I mean, again, it's sort of amusing from one perspective because, you know, the, the left is all about democracy. We're losing our democracy. But, the, you know, the minute a court issues a ruling, oh, my God, that's horrible. Like, we can't allow that to happen. You know what I mean? They don't they don't accept that. And again, it's just a window into the, the fact that if they don't accept it's not, it's not, it's not about democracy. They don't it's accept about defeat, period. totalitarianism. They, they don't accept defeat, period. They don't accept oh, no. the ballot box. They don't accept, accept defeat in, in, uh, in, in the Senate or the House. They don't accept defeat in the courts. They just don't accept defeat. Democracy is what they say it is, just like everything else is. It's only what they exactly. say it is. That's it. Right. So, and I think you're making the, the serious point, which other people have made, why do we stand for this? And is that going to be the only way to get rid of this? We're all seeing pictures or videos of Shanghai We've all seen a whole bunch of videos of Australia over the last year or two. Why do we stand for it? Now, I believe we stand for it because we were made into sheep by TSA and before and J6ers, which I've said many times. But will there ever come a time where people just say no? Of course, they'll get thrown off the plane. But We've got actually following live online right now. We do have a J6er watching uh, less. Can you give us a little bit more information about why you're saying no and appealing your case? So he was in the Capitol building. Um, he's from here in North Carolina, and he's actually going to be going to Georgia um, for his sentencing. And I think he's still watching live. He was anyway. Les, let us know in the comments if you're still there. Wow. So he's not in jail. or he's in jail. Not yet. He's appealing. Les, are you still there? <laughs> what is he appealing? If he did he did he have a trial or did he plead? Yeah. Um, he had a trial. What are the, char what are the charges? He'd have to tell you all that. I'm not going to speak and say the wrong things. Les, right. can you give us some of your information, please? And we'll come back to you. That'd be really interesting to have a J6 around, by the way. Mm -hmm. You can engineer that. I assume the charges were insurrection, sedition, open rebellion, and treason. But <laughs> that sounds about right. Not to pile on, which is probably one crime below not wearing a mask on an airplane. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And then you know, there's people who are saying, "Will there will there ever be any kind of accountability? Whether it's the masks, the vaccines?" Yeah. For people following Naomi Wolf. Um, I don't know if you guys follow her site, dailycloud.io. Um, she's one of the big, you know, noisemakers about this. There's so much stuff coming out about the vaccine not being safe and effective, about it actually harming people. You really got to wonder, will there ever, ever, and probably no, there won't be accountability. But well, to shake people up. I happened to be uh, reading Dr. Malone, Robert Malone on Substack today, and he was talking about how there is a system set up supposedly where people can get um, compensated if they've been injured from the vaccines. Uh, obviously, they can't sue the insurance companies, but there's something called the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. 
And apparently they've only paid out one claim to date. So I'd encourage me, you guys. Let me take a stab at this, Steve. I think let's assume for a minute that, that our, our Republic lasts for another 25 to 35 years. If the vaccines are as bad as, as I think, and you seem to think they are, and they're causing as much damage as they are, especially to the young people that are being coerced and forced into taking them. I see a time 20, 25 years down the road when social security is bankrupt and these people are the ones who are in charge of, of government and in charge of vote and the, the biggest voting block. And it's time to, to deal with the generation that bankrupted social security and forced these people to take these vaccines. And I see them saying, good luck. We're cutting social security. You know, our retribution is going to be you can starve to death for all we care. Because you, with all due respect, Ed, um, my soon to be congresswomen and others that said we only have nine years left anyway because of climate change. So I don't think that's okay. going to happen. But well, that's just yeah, maybe that's, you're soon to be president. Uh, she made the list the, of the, the issue top with 10 that, candidates. The issue with that is, you know, the strongest voting block by age is going to be your older voting block. <laughs> Right. Well, 20 take the people who are 15, <laughs> whoever's years elected right, is going to be answering to, to them. To, okay, to it, the people who are 15 year olds right now, 25 years from now, they're going to be 40 year olds. I, I hear what you're saying. I don't, I just don't know politically from what we know by experience. I think they're going to take retribution at that time. That's what I, I mean, I don't know if we're still going to have a Republic <laughs> at that time, but if we do, God help the generation that's, that's doing this right now, because I think, Politically, well, they're going to suffer a big, I mean, big our, time later. Our generation has a lot of reasons to have a beef too, don't we? <laughs> yeah, but I think that the, I think that the young people today are going to have a bigger beef. I mean, people like you and me. Oh, it's going to get you know, worse. Uh, well, we we we've had the ability to say no, whereas the children today have not had the ability to say no. They're being forced to take this. What, what have we been able to say no to? Well, massive, massive debt. I just think it's going to be different for people who who have fertility problems, who have health wow. problems. Then, then the you're getting into different territory. Yeah, sure. Well, but the question Steve asked was, is there going to be any you know price that anyone pays? And I think it's not going to come in the form of prosecutions. I think it's going to come in the form of these boomers are going to be 75, 85 years old and, and expecting to get Social Security payments. And they're going to be on the streets with nothing. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, that might happen anyway. Okay. You know, there's still a lot of confusion in New York, Mike. I don't know if you're feeling any of it because you're kind of outside New York, but people have no idea what the rules are. So on the TV and the you know on the internet, well, MTA is this, but Port Authority is that. And I've been here a long time. I still have trouble figuring out what the difference is. But like, if you're in this kind of a station, you still have to wear a mask. But on that kind of a station, you don't have to wear a mask. So there's still a lot of confusion with it. I don't know if any of that's happening out of town. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I just feel like everybody's at I'm done with it kind of thing. Um, I guess the, the airlines and all that was probably the last one of the last aspects or parts of our society where it was really being enforced. Well, they're still doing it in hospitals, you know, medical areas and that kind of stuff. But and for young children in a yeah, lot of areas. I mean, there's still there. They still have ads on TV based out of, I think, the health department in New York, these PSAs, if you will, that they run, and they're still pushing the vax really hard on the kids. It's just despicable. Mm -hmm. um, but 
I, mean, I know I, some I, people were complaining, um, and I, I almost give a little bit of credibility, but then I shut myself up pretty quickly. If you're already on a plane and you're going on the plane thinking everybody's going to be masked and now they change the rules in the middle, do you have a valid complaint? Um, like I say, I put it out of my mind very quickly, but anybody have any thoughts on that? Are you already bought your tickets? And now I don't think they got a complaint. They already know that the masks don't work. They've been told that the masks don't work. The gators don't work. So why would you expect? Because you have, and if you are dumb enough to sit here and think the whole time that they work, then you should be fine. Like they've got, they've got no room whatsoever. I don't think you have no. any more of a claim. I don't think they have any more of a claim than we had when we had tickets and were forced to put masks on in the first place. Right. So that's just okay. my view on it. All right. I guess All right. I'll be able to right. say. They can always, they can always drive and pay for $5 gallon gas. But I, you know, what I always thought they could just borrow the guys not wearing it and they could wear two, three, four, five, six, seven there masks. And yeah, I, I just don't get it. Do you know people are still doing that? Like doing double and triple layers? Like young teenage kids, I see walk, like it's very rare, but dear God, do they look like idiots? Yeah, I'm so sorry, but I'm just, my mind just Listen, is blown when I see I, I, I've been to the supermarket and I see people with their young kids and the kids got the mask on and I just shake my head. It's like, you know what? At this point though, at least it's their choice. I have the, I it's, have the it's not those little the, kids' choices, though. That's the crap thing. Like you see if, these if kids, if in their the, parents are making them do it, right? Go to a store. That's the parents' right. Choice. But that's what I'm I mean, saying. It sucks. They, like you I see the kids it. at school when they're lining up to leave, like getting in the car rider line in the classroom, and all of a sudden, out comes a mask out of their book bag to put it on. Well, I can't breathe, but my mom makes me wear it, so I got to pretend I had it on all well, day. I guess since we're going to go to Florida in a second and talk about what's going on down there. So theoretically speaking, if a child refused to wear a mask in school, would the teachers protect them and not tell the parents because the oh, child should be able to make their own decisions on their own bodies? Or does that only apply to certain other medical issues? I think there's a line that gets crossed on that for sure. I think the masking, which is literally hindering somebody's breathing, needs okay, to how be about, What about if the mask identifies as a gator? Is that going to change whether or not the teachers reported to the parents? If the mask identifies as a gator? Right. Or the gator identifies as a mask. Or the so fake mask USA. Because if a child identifies as a different gender, then the teachers are going to hide it from the parents. So does it depend what color mask the kid wears if they're going to tell, to, tell the parents? Are they going to stand up for the kid's autonomy? I don't think the teachers are going to stand up for the kids' autonomy, but I think that I don't think this is a static situation. If the problem develops the way you're foreseeing, Steve, I think DeSantis is going to take further action. Yeah, well, I'm just making fun of the fact that you have autonomy to uh, to, uh, to destroy your own body, but you may not have autonomy to wear or not wear a mask. Although maybe it depends on what color mask you wear. I guess I'm being very cynical. Um, as always, with DeSantis being the winner, um, I've seen the Senate in Florida already pass this Get Disney bill. Um, I'm not quite sure how the bills work. I always thought bills go to houses first, but I guess it's not necessarily true anyway. Only, only revenue raising bills. Right. And I don't Tax know bills. what's going on in the House in Florida at all. But boy, that would be a wild. Well, wild they've already thing. they already expect the House to pass it and he's already expected to sign. it. And this could happen pretty fast. Yes. Yeah, because they were already in a called special session, so they're already there, so everything should be moving uh, quickly. 
if the Florida legislature is like the New Jersey legislature, I would expect the, the assembly side to be more conservative. Or at least more, yeah, to, I would the say, right, more the, to the right of the Senate. This would be a bomb. I mean, when has any governor ever done anything like that? I don't It's It's phenomenal. That's why he can't leave. He cannot leave being a governor. He is yeah. just kicking butt and taking names. This, it, this would be unbelievable. Now he's saying he wants to somehow um, go after Twitter. I'm not quite sure if it's only by getting yes. from them. Or are there any state actions, Ed? Do you know if there are any state actions against companies for violating fiduciary duties? I'm not aware of any. Um, I expect that Twitter and all the social media companies are going to say that Section 230 protects them, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how the case how the case. How would done. how would 230 protect them from? I mean, again, I know very little about economics and stocks and stuff. But supposedly, by refusing to sell at a higher price, they're violating their responsibilities to the shareholders. So would that have been something where maybe a whole uh, bunch of shareholders took it to the attorney general? And that's how that gets started? Oh, I see what you're talking about on Elon Musk's offer. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure how that would work, but I, I still fully expect that the left is going to mobilize a counteroffer. I think that's the most logical way that they're going to fight Musk's attempt to buy this by the company. Maybe he wants them to just dump their money and their funds and then their money gets trapped and they can't they can't use it. And he's got something bigger in the works. And now he's got a whole bunch of money freed up for a bunch of cheap stocks. I don't know. I think they've got lots of money. I mean, ultimately, they've got the backing of the Chinese government. And I think that I don't think that money is going to be an issue for them. Um, and I just think that they don't view they don't view the control of information through the social media companies as a profit making endeavor i think they view it as a propaganda effort and an attempt to control the society they're they're willing to lose money on it i don't think so ed how how serious um, as a rich lawyer <laughs> how how serious is this problem of not being responsible to your shareholders and not protecting their interests. Um, where's the rich lawyer? Well, I was combining Mike's wealth with your lawyering. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, well, if you can prove if if you can prove that the board is breaching its duty to to the shareholders, I mean, they do have a fiduciary duty. Um, they're gonna, have, you know, that would be actionable, but. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's tough for me to conjure. It seems like it's if, if Musk's offer is the only one on the table, it seems pretty obvious that it's a good offer, that it pays a premium and that the board really is is potentially breaching its obligations to its shareholders by not accepting it. It's hard for me to think of what what argument they're going to make. I mean, is that a civil thing? What is that? Yeah, it's a civil. It's not a it, it's not a criminal act unless the SEC comes after them for. I mean, that's the thing. It wouldn't be a criminal act because they're not they're not taking money for themselves. I mean, unless they did something to not just dilute the shareholders interests, but to sort of loot the company for themselves, it's not going to be a criminal. Criminal issue. And what are they supposed to do? So, um, again, I know very little about money, despite my ethnicity, so no wisecracks. Um, when he makes this offer and they're saying the board 
isn't, you know, the board is holding it up. What are they supposed to do? They Are they supposed to sell everybody else's stock? How does that work? They don't own the stock. Right. Well, they make a recommendation. And, um, well, there's something called a tender offer. And I, I don't know exactly how it works. Um, there, are, there are some procedural things where you can try and buy, a, buy the company with something called a, a qualified tender offer, but I can't opine on what the, what the rules are. I don't know what the rules for, the, for that is. Sorry. Okay. All right. I mean, now they say he's trying to raise money. I don't know if the whole thing's going to fizzle out. I, really, I don't really have much of an idea what's going to happen with it, but okay. Those are kind of my stories. Anybody have any stories that they itching to talk about? I have a few more, but open it up. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the sex ed curriculum in New Jersey that's been going on. We're like the anti-Florida. <laughs> so my, my state senator, uh, a lady named Polly Shapizzi, kind of shed light on this about a, a week or more ago. And um, I'll just give you a few tidbits that I've picked up on. going to need my glasses here to... Uh, just point, highlight a few things that are part of this curriculum. Uh, teaching second graders gender identity and transgenderism. Accepting the child's quote unquote chosen gender identity and not informing parents. Um, also teaching second graders um, that most quote unquote girls have vulvas. There's uh, an exercise where they label body parts in a diagram, including the clitoris, the vulva, the vagina, the anus, and the nipples. And there's also a video I'd like to share with you guys that's part of the curriculum. So I'm going to go to that real quick. Do you hear about that. this teacher or doctor who's telling, I think it was a teacher telling kids doctors guess the gender when kids are born? Mm -hmm. Bean. Yeah, I, I think I saw something to that. Eh? But uh, hold on, let me. Okay, let's see if this works. This is about a one minute video. Do you see me? We see from the bean. Got it? Okay. Uh, yeah. Here it goes. One second. Gotta get past the ads. Thanks, YouTube. Is it normal to watch porn? Hashtag Ask Amaze! Yes, it's normal. Lots of people watch porn. After all, it's right there and it's free. And anyway, many people are curious about this sex stuff. But, and it's a big but, remember, porn is not real. It's just a fantasy like, uh, like superheroes movies. Bodies don't look like those in porn movies. In general, everything is exaggerated. And sex, it often looks very different in real life. So don't expect your own body or sex life once you have one to look anything like what you see in porn or to sound like it either. Now, Mike, is this a video that's actually supposed to be shown to children? This was part of the curriculum. For second graders? Are you I believe, fucking I believe I believe so. I mean, that now, curric the, the curriculum, I think, impacted at least up to third grade, if not fourth. This was one part of the curriculum. So I, I, it may be second grade, but don't quote me on it. But I think you get the point anyway. <laughs> and then, uh, 
you'll see here too, you know, if kids are going to this, there's other videos that are linked to at the end of the video, which seem a little bit inappropriate as well. So guys, I was six years, I was six years old in second grade. I started okay. early. I have no clue what this is talking about. Well, let me tell you. So we just had here in North Carolina. So fourth graders have a, what the heck do you want to call it? Like a, my body's changing. You need to start wearing deodorant type thing. And then they talk about a little bit of other stuff. Like my child was the only fourth grader at her school that did not attend it. Like the only one. And that's sad. Like that's my job as a parent and as a mother. So like we've got a book that we're going through daily. That is not the school's business. What's so flipping ever. And what the heck is wrong with parents to, I mean, they, they even send home a little thing saying this is going to be happening. Nobody checked to find out what the date was that they were doing it. Like, I didn't let my sons attend. I didn't let her attend. Like, why are parents so flipping naive that they think it's okay for the schools to do this? Well, I'm I'm back to what I was saying at the very beginning about when are we going to say no? I mean, that's (laughs) the the question facing American culture today. When are the good people going to stand up and just say no effing more? Well, I I think this has motivated a lot of parents to say no and to get involved in what's going on here in New Jersey. Um, There was a report a couple of weeks ago that stated that there were about 40,000 less kids in the New Jersey public schools this school year. So I I think all of this is starting to take a toll. Now, did Um, Phil Murphy, didn't he put a hold on this for right now until it goes to review or something? Well, yeah, there's some sort of review, but I don't know. That's a a tacit acknowledgement that he knows exactly what this is all about. Right. Gina, what do you make of it? You're a parent. You're down there. You have friends with people. Why aren't people saying no? You know, it's funny because like I did let a few parents know and I said, hey, because the little slip that they sent home does not say the date on it. You know, and the one that they just went through, it's not too awfully bad compared to like most, you know, Um, I, I don't know if it's they don't feel comfortable, like they feel that that those topics are so far out of their grasp or out of their reach. So they're like, oh, we don't want those awkward moments. So we'll push it on someone. Because when you talk to them, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't think they should be doing that. And then next thing you know, their kids just sat through it. So I I really don't know, because when you talk to them, you feel that their moral compass is the right direction. And then next thing you know, their kid just sat through it. So I really don't have a good answer. I wish I did. Now, this, you know, kind of weaves into indirectly the libs of TikTok story, but the libs of TikTok story is the one that's um, disseminating these unbelievable videos from teachers bragging about what they're teaching children. And are people unaware of how extreme this propaganda is? To some extent, they may be. I mean, the one point that I wanted to make uh, leading up to this too is that I'm somebody that used to pay attention to a lot of what the state legislature did. I would go to the state legislative website, track bills, Now, for Americans for Prosperity, a lot of those were fiscal bills, but I was aware of other things that were going on down there. And I think most people don't realize how how bad it is when you have a bunch of Marxists down there running the show. I mean, there are so many bad bills. Some of them don't always come to the fore, but they're out there and people don't have the 
the time to pay attention to all this stuff. When you're just Joe parent and you're going to work every day, you don't see all this stuff. You don't know all this stuff until, you know, one state legislator, uh, state legislator stands up and makes an issue out of it. And then exactly, Mike, it, it ignites the fire. Mike, the gatekeeper is the opposition party and the Republican party is just asleep at the wheel. That's the hey, problem. Hey, this Republican's not asleep at the wheel, sir. You you're better. Not you're absolutely right. man. I'm teasing. You're I'm teasing. Ab- absolutely right about that. And apparently this was in the works for some time because again, Holly Strapezi on her site made a point of that. She's like, there's some stuff in here I, I, I agree with, but this is crazy. Okay, so she knew she there was a vote at some point that was taken, but who knew knew about it? I, I honestly didn't know that this was coming down the pike. I mean, we we know that there's a lot of crazy stuff that was going on. Well, but, in it's, but it goes down to parental engagement. And like if parent, parents were engaged well, with their kids from like the, the time that they're in kindergarten up, half of this stuff wouldn't be happening. If they knew what their kids were reading in the schools, if they knew what the teachers were saying in the schools, if they opened up the folders of their kids instead of sitting home and just reading uh, crap on their phone, if they wouldn't be so disconnected from their kids' lives, they would know what the heck's going on. They would know that, hey, no, my kid shouldn't watch TikTok. Hey, no, my kid shouldn't be on this because it's exposing them to this leftist propaganda crap. But parents don't give a rat's butt because they're well, more that, interested. I don't Gina. think that, Gina, I don't think that's totally fair. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I, I, I think that there are a lot of two-parent working families. It's not like, honestly, I don't mean to sound whatever, but when I grew up, my mother was home until I was like 11 years old. I had two older brothers. There was a parent home. Now, Granted, we didn't encounter some of the crap we're encountering now, but parents are are stretched. Well, I get you know, that, but how hard is it to put a how hard is it to put an app on the phone that blocks the content? How hard is that? You don't that, have to do that's, nothing. That's that's one thing, but paying but no, no, attention me, to everything that's going on in the schools. I mean, to Ed's point, I think is right. The Republicans don't make enough of an ordeal out of a lot of this stuff. Um, and a lot of it is really top down. It's coming from the state, the state department of education. Uh, the state legislature, and it's not at the local level at the board of education. Well, I'm I just saying it because do, do you think- let me jump in for a second because uh, I'm I'm as concerned and, and as involved as you are, Gina, as a parent. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that my son, not for nefarious reasons, but does not want to tell me what's going on at school. He <laughs> wants to come home, and I'm done with school, Dad. You know, we had a good day. I don't want to talk about it. Right? I don't want to talk about it, and it's like pulling teeth. And not because he's trying to hide anything from me, not because the teachers told him not to do any, not to tell me. He just doesn't want to talk about it. And oh, yeah, so, no, I understand that 100%. So I'm saying it's hard to, to know what's going on. Now, I'm I, talking I, about teenagers. Isn't she talking about two second and third graders? No, I'm, I've got my teenage boys the same way, my middle son. But what I'm getting at is if parents, and this is, goes back to my, my mother. My mother was born, and what the heck was she born? 56. Okay. So if parents would have not started putting the television as because they they saw there was a gap and a disconnect between parents when the school started becoming who raised the children and the parents all of a sudden started becoming both parents at work, after school programs, summer programs, this, that they said, hey, we've got an area to slip stuff in because these parents are so flipping distracted Let's bring whatever the heck they want. And parents didn't pay attention. And I mean, I've had areas and times where I've missed things too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm perfect mom by any means, 
But we did have a big lapse of judgment with the schools and with the state and what they were doing with their agendas with our children. And we let them do it because we weren't paying attention. I'm not disagreeing with that, Gina, but I I fully believe that we don't live in a direct democracy. It's not the job of every citizen to follow every bill in the legislature. We elect representatives. And if there's going to be enemy enemy representatives that are pushing this poison, at least the good ones that are supposed to be on our side, namely the Republican Party, they're supposed to be the ones who are making the first stink about this, not the parents. I mean, I'm not saying the parents are, are blameless and, and yeah. can just go to sleep, but I but, think that when you're talking about a you know something as large as the government has become right now, I think it is incumbent upon the opposition party that's representing us to speak up and, and alert us, hey, this is right. coming down the pike. I mean- None of this stuff happens without legislation and the legislation all has to be voted on. So why aren't these Republican legislators letting us know, hey, this is what's going on. So do you think personally our representative knows what program they're teaching in fourth grade? I think it's our representative's job to do that. He has staffers to go through every piece of legislation. Yes, I think it's their responsibility. to. Because what I'm asking, is it legislation if it's brought through by the North Carolina Board of Education? That's not legislation. That's well, they're, policy they're, that's brought you know, down from them. So who okay, comes through that? So, but but it's still the legislature's function to oversee the board of education and to see these executive agencies. Right. So you could be on the education committee, and you can have a staff or assigned to new regulations that are being promulgated. But again, if it was just at the local level where a local board of education was imposing this stuff, by God, it would be easier to to take right. aim at them and get rid of them. You know what I mean? So. You know, I mean, there's layers to this, but I think it is right, too. And I agree, because just based on my own experience, when when a legislator does make an issue out of something, I've seen, you know, uh, people go down to Trenton and be at legislative hearings and pack the room. You know what I mean? It does happen. It's not going to happen all all the time. But I mean, on a big issue like this, I'm sure they would have been able to pack the room with parents. Well, I hate to say the final word on this, but I agree with all of you. It's a little bit of everything, ain't it? It's all true. It's all true. You know, you're right. Parents need to be more involved. But it's like I always say about our government. It's not their fault. It's our fault. We keep voting them in. And it's kind of the same yeah. on a level. But but it is incrementalism, right? It, we've got, it didn't happen overnight. We've gotten here. Right. It's taken, taken years. But that's also what Gina's saying. It's 50 yeah. years already since parents... Yeah tvs in front of children etc i mean back when when we went to school parents could be rest assured that the kid was going to go to school and learn the three r's all right not about johnny wanting to become a little johnny wanting to become little jane you know what i mean so i think we all realize we we need to pay we need to pay a lot more attention these days but i do see a silver lining that you know, when I hear that there's 40,000 less people, less kids enrolled in New Jersey public schools than a year ago, and it's because of issues like this, it's because of the, the COVID tyranny and the masks and everything like that, I, I'm somewhat encouraged by that anyway. So, like, let's take North Carolina, since two of you are down there. Do you put expectations on the people running for state office? Do they know that you're making demands of them? Or do they know they come and they tell a joke and you vote for them? I personally give quite a bit of heck to our local representative. Um, and every time he's not doing something or opening his mouth, I call him 
like right away. Um, and he does, he just, he double speaks and that's, I mean, he does his little lawyer talk and that's it. Um, so it, it's time for a change for sure. But like this, this time he's running unopposed again. Maybe I should have ran for his seat. I don't know, but whatever. Yeah. I can't do it but, now. But just to pick up too, again, on what Ed was saying, you got to blame the, the GOP, whether it's the state level GOP for not making hay out of a lot of these issues. It's not just when they're happening, but it's when it's election season too. I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like the Republicans in New Jersey ha have the easiest, uh, you know, uh, you know, case to make after two decades of horrendous, pathetic Democrat rule that is destroying this state that they can't put together, whether you want to call it a contract with the state or whatever, some sort of platform to run on. It should be the easiest thing in the world to do to point out how liberal Democrats, these radicals in Trenton have destroyed the state. And they just, every, every time they have that opportunity, every four years when the governor's up and the entire legislature's up, they just don't do it. Well, because they're waiting on the Democrats to scratch their back. That's why. Mike, it's you were a, there in 2011 when, when Rich and I came up with that plan and we got 33, 33 or 43, I forget how many legislators to sign our contract. I'm not sure if I remember that one completely, but oh, you, you know, don't. It's yeah, been we, a while. We uh, we 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 basically made Mike Doherty our our poster child, right? And we, you know, we made it about school funding and property taxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, again, th that issue is just sitting out there. It's, it, to me, it's a hanging curveball. All they have to do is make an issue out of it. You know, hit the hit it out of the park, but. Again, you know this, Ed. I mean, every four years yeah. they have got an opportunity and every four years they don't take advantage of it. We had a press conference not 200 feet from the door of Chris Christie's office. And we had all these, we had Doherty, we had Michael Patrick Carroll. We mm -hmm. had a bunch of well-known Republicans. Steve Orojo was there. He wouldn't come out. He wouldn't say hello. Now, I understand that Rich and I took some shots at him and maybe he didn't want to have anything to do with us, but there were a lot of, you know, there were a lot of other Republicans he could have been coming out there to, to shake hands with and right. he wanted nothing to do with it. You know, Ed, you're making an interesting point. And I don't know if the whole committee situation makes this better or worse, but you're kind of saying the representatives are responsible for knowing what's going on in education of the children. Absolutely. Well, they say, well, we're not on the education committee, we're on the whatever committee. And then do they, do they just, because of that, they throw off their any responsibility towards education. Well, but there's always, there's still minority, there's all, but there's always minority party representatives on, on, on the hearing. Oh, no, but not everybody's on every committee. Not everybody's on the committee. I know, I, oh, I know. They that. may not be on the committee, Steve, but they're still voting on the ultimate legislation, even if it, you know, once it comes out of committee. So that, that's not a pass for me. It doesn't mean that they can't make, make an issue out of it publicly. No, and I think that's Nobody's stopping to be more demanded of them is you can't pretend this isn't your uh, boathouse. You know, again, I'm, I'm much more steeped in New Hampshire politics and A, because there are just so many representatives, they're so approachable and, you know, fearless leaders in the state house almost every day protesting these things. It's a lot easier. He doesn't have to drive three hours to get to a state house, um, but it's not like that in most states. Um, and I don't know how much pressure is ever put on state reps to do their lousy jobs. It, you know, it's, it's not always easy. No, it's very uh, not easy. And, and the, the reality is 
there's a, a big difference between people on the right, people on the left. Left, the left has all these activist groups that they can just press the button, and they're down there in the halls of of state house. Yeah, but you know what? On on the I, right, me, it's 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 a heavier true, lift. Mike, it's always been that. We talked about DeSantis in the Florida legislature earlier on. You had le- you have leadership at the top of the Republican Party in Florida, and stuff gets done, and and uh, important stuff is getting done. So I think it's all about leadership, and I I, I don't think it's but, it's the fact that the left is better at it than we are. It's that most of the people on our side are not willing to take that leadership role and aren't willing to to oppose this stuff. Well, the here's the thing: I, I'm talking about you know the the base on each side, right? I mean, we I understand we have people in power or leaders that we have certain expectations that, that we want to see from them. But when I'm talking, I'm talking about base of the parties, uh, just in terms of left versus right, the left has more activist groups. I mean, I would joke sometimes, I feel like they have a, you know, a, a bed or a cot or a room somewhere. I don't think just so, like Mike. I mean, they, I ne- they never leave. They're always there. They're I at every hearing. So. I still remember. I, I used to go to every in- Senate environmental hearing and it was every yeah, but I mean, environmentalist group you could imagine. What was it, ten or twenty years ago, when when the Southern Baptists led the led the boycott of Disney? Of Disney? I mean, I, I, you know, there are lots of groups on the right that mobilize abortion groups. There, there, you know, there are a lot uh, there of them. Are. Listen, I, I think, I think this, all you're abor- seeing right abortion now, abortion groups. You're, you're just saying. Let me just finish the sentence, and you can talk. <laughs> the 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 left is ascendant right now, and and that and. But it doesn't mean that they're they're inherently ascended. It's just they're winning. It's not because they're better that they're better. They're, they're winning right now. And I don't think it's I mean, our side was winning before and, and we could win again. So but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, I, I agree with you. There's certain hot button issues on the right, like abortion, guns, gun rights that will get right of center groups down down to the state houses to fight back. But so even. Even if we win, win big, and let's let's use North Carolina for an example, okay? So it's projected that we're going to win the House and the Senate, even though the redistricting was a hot flipping mess. So now we've got the supermajority in North Carolina. Are they still going to do anything? Nope. And why well, is that? that? That's the one point I was going to make to Ed. I mean, we're, we sit here in New Jersey, North Carolina, New York, and we're applauding DeSantis. We see a lot of good stuff and even their legislature, but... I got to be honest with you. I mean, I don't have my finger on the pulse of what goes down in the Florida legislature every day. I'm sure if we talk to some of our like minded friends down there, they would probably point out some things that they're not so great on. So, you know, they're not great. But Ed is 100 percent right, is that there is leadership. One of the stories I have today is uh, our leader, Mitch McConnell, is now putting seven. Murkowski. Murkowski. That's where our leadership is. So Ed is definitely right. It's the leadership. Um, it's definitely the party. Mike, I think you're totally right. I've always said the reason the left is there to lobby every day is they're on your tax dollar. They're all getting grants. Conservatives don't work that way. We don't roll that way. So we're at a tremendous disadvantage. Yeah. But we have no leadership. And other than Florida, that's why what DeSantis is doing, I think, is unprecedented. Has, when has the governor ever had the guts? Look at Abbott. He does, you know, the tap dance and the show stuff. And maybe one or two other governors will do some of that. The rest of them, they're all worthless. So it's all of the above. Well, I'm, I'm broadcasting today from Hillsdale College, and I've just spent the last day meeting people here that are all, you know, activists in the way that you're talking about. I mean, we've got leader, leaders here, people 
you know, Hillsdale is, is proud of the fact that they don't take any government money and they're not tied by any of these government mandates. Um, it can be done and it is being done on the right. It's just, like I said, the left is winning right now. And we're just, uh, we're falling into the trap of thinking that it's nest that, that they're always going to win and it's uh, preordained that they're going to win. And it's well, not. Uh, just, just uh, I want to offer up uh, Les's dissenting opinion on that in, uh, in the chat, Ed. So Les, Les says that all that's left of the left is the lunatic fringe. They're not, they're not winning, they're stealing. It would be on the ash heap of history if that hadn't been stolen in 2020. What do you think about Les's comments? Uh, Les, you wouldn't be facing any kind of prison sentence if they weren't winning. They, if, 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 we were, if they were losing, if they were getting their just desserts, you'd be a free man and the people who are putting who, who are prosecuting you will be the ones facing prison time, not you. If we were, if, if they were losing, if they were getting their just desserts, you'd be a free man and the people who are <laughs> feedback facing prison time, not you. It's all right. It was worth hearing twice. <laughs> anyway, Les, thanks for your comments. We appreciate it. Keep them coming. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe in certain senses the left is going down, but in certain senses they never stop. They no. get about an hour. No, they're pretty relentless. So who's going to be next to go down? So Disney's going to get hit big time. So it's tens of millions of dollars per year if the legislature passes this. Disney Plus is down like crazy. I want to say 50% of Disney trips have been canceled. So who's the next corporation on the left CNN Plus that's going to go down? CNN Plus is going down, not that they care. Um, <laughs> I don't know. All I know I is guess. I just I just canceled Disney Plus uh, a couple of nights ago. So that's that. Did you? Good for you. My, my kids might hate me for it. <laughs> it's all good. But for and now, I, for now. Do you know how many students there are at Hillsdale? I don't know the exact number, no. Or I don't, I, it's a small school, but I don't know how many there are. Okay, small like a thousand or small like I think like a thousand or fifteen hundred or so, something like that. I mean, they are one I think of the great hopes of this country. So, and they're pretty much the only mm -hmm. one, aren't they, that does this? No, there are uh, there are a few. I mean, actually, uh, fifteen hundred. I was going to say, wow. our fearless leader in his in his recent book that he's drafting, he's got a list of I think eighteen or twenty colleges that reject federal and state money. Wow. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, I think there are others out there for sure. What else, guys? Netflix. They're going ah, down Netflix. next. There you go. Mm -hmm. yeah. So they've got all their subscriptions, because we were talking about before we started going live. They've had um, 200,000 subscriptions canceled. They're expecting another 2 million this year because their prices have been going up since March, I believe it is. Because I know um, I share a password with my mother. Mm -hmm. I let her use mine. So because of that, well, no, 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 no. I pay the extra fee for it. So I think it's it came to like an extra $7 a month and you just pay in one lump. No, I did it the right way. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so I pay for it, but they did give a warning and I know that's what's cutting a lot of people back off of it. Now there's other subscription services as well, but now they've got, what is the name of the movie with the pregnant dude? The birthing man, the birthing person. Uh, 
him who gives birth or something. Somebody help me out. I got, I got to find it. Pregnant dude, Netflix, baby <laughs> heaven. Yes. So I, I think they're going to be um, the next one to crash and crash hard. Oh, yeah. Find it. Yeah. I can't find it either. So what happens when there's too many uh, platforms? I think it's about. I think it's something about when he's expecting. That's what it is. Yeah, Thank called, you, Ed. It's, it's called he's expecting. Yes. But he's how can you do he? Why is that his pronoun? Shouldn't it be they is expecting? Right. <laughs> That's right. Wow. I think you know it really is an interesting question: who's winning, the right or the left? Um. And yes, the, the left does cheat better. And we haven't talked that much about the elections that are upcoming, but are they going to cheat their way out of it? Well, you know, something, in, you know, one interesting, it's not, it doesn't rise to the level of story, but I, I think it's worth mentioning that, you know, I, I'm a regular Tucker watcher and it seeped into Tucker's show almost every night now that he says, if we have a free and fair election in November, the left is going to lose. If, if, if. Mm -hmm. And, and I've noticed that. I mean, he never said that up until I don't think it's more than like the last two or three weeks, if, the, if even that. And, uh, you know, I've been saying that for a while. I mean, I'm not it's, predicting that we're not going to. But it seems to me that's the left's plan, that we're not going to have either not going to have election at all or they're they're going to do something to make it so uh, corrupted that we don't really have a fair well, election. The one thing they're continuing to do is to try to get these Republicans thrown out off the ballot. And the latest, yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene, yeah, MTG is the late, latest target of that. Yeah, and they got a few in Tennessee. They just threw off the ballot. I mean, supposedly because they successfully, or they're challenging. The three in Tennessee, I think they actually threw off because they didn't meet some kind of residency requirements or something. But oh, yeah. but it wasn't insurrection. It was something else. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But Marjorie Taylor Greene, her case is moving forward. The judge is allowing it to, to go forward. Yeah, what is that? It's a but what is it? It's a bunch of hoo haw. Is it a, a case? Is it in a is it in a court or is it before the board of elections? No, it's before the court. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. That, that's amazing. That's a judge. I can't remember coming. what group has brought it forward. But again, so, they're relentless. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned on the last show, like, what should we be, what should we be looking out for? And I kind of forgot about the fact that they were doing this until I saw the Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor Greene story. And obviously, this is one of their tactics, if maybe not their biggest one for this year, is to just try to get these Republicans thrown off the ballot. Are we? Is this anything uh, in that in that amendment I mean, about people can't vote either due to insurrection because it might cause all insurrectionists and just ban hmm. us from voting? I just think it's it's beyond absurd that they could even that they have standing to make an argument when that when the House hasn't expelled her. If the House hasn't expelled her, to me, it's it's open and shut case. There is no claim whatsoever. It's right here. Judge Amy Totenberg of the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Georgia, a Barack Obama appointee, rejected Green's request for a preliminary injunction and temporary restraining order in the case. The judge ruled that Green had failed to meet the burden of persuasion. Da, 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 da. What is that? Preliminary injunction on what, though? I don't know. So um, I'm guessing she moved. She filed a. Was who's the plaintiff? Marjorie. I'm Taylor looking Green? for it. Free speech for people. It's a nonprofit called Free Speech for People. 
It was filed with Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. What? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm guessing that what happened was is this group filed the filed the protest against Green with the Board of Election and with the Secretary of State. However, the Georgia rules allow. And then MTG must have filed a case in court to get an injunction. And the court just said, we're not going to give you an injunction. Go make uh, your defense. Go make your defense there. Oh, OK, yeah, because it says that it alleged that Green had engaged in an insurrection to obstruct the peaceful transfer of presidential power, disqualifying her from serving as a member of Congress under Section 3, 14th Amendment and rendering her ineligible under state and federal law. Hmm. Okay. Yay! Numb nuts. <laughs> My goodness. Well, I know we're getting close to the end, but there was one other story that I, I want to bring up. And unfortunately, Ed Powell's not here to argue with me about it because I know he would. <laughs> Um, you know, Ed has has talked about the uh, impending collapse of the Russian army in Ukraine, but it, it looks like the Russians have regrouped and, and started their invasion in the Donetsk region in the, in the eastern part of Ukraine. Uh, and they don't look like they're in any danger of collapsing right now. Uh, I'm sure if Ed were here, he would tell me that I'm wrong and tell me that he's got a lot of firsthand sources that say otherwise. But from my perspective, I don't see the Russians collapsing there. I don't see, I, I think the Ukrainians are much more likely to be the ones that collapse. Um, and I just think it's a story worth noting. He's not here to argue with me, so I, I'm not going to argue against myself. But, uh, you know, from, from what I'm seeing, Russia's not going to take over Ukraine, but I think far more than the Donbass is already a done deal. Mariupol. I don't think it was ever Putin's attempt to take over all of Ukraine. He's made trouble there for whatever reason. I mean, he's still shooting missiles sometimes at some of the cities towards the West, but it looks like he's got Mariupol and it looks like he may get as far as Odessa and just keep all of those, in which case he's won big time. And he couldn't care less if he lost some soldiers and he can't, you know, I kind of agree with those you're saying, as long as Germany's willing to finance the war, it's really not our problem, even if it was our problem for any reason. The Budapest, uh, what was it called, memorandum or whatever, that agreement, that still does yep. bother me the most, that we promised not to let this happen. And we I'm didn't a, promise not to let it happen. That's not a proper, re that's not a correct reading of the Budapest memorandum. Reading. I don't speak Hungarian. What did it say? It just said that it didn't, it didn't promise that we would defend Ukraine. It just said we would respect that all the signatories would respect the borders. And, and the Ukrainians specifically asked the Clinton administration for a, for a guarantee. And the Clinton administration said, take what you're getting because you're not getting anything more. Yeah. Well, again, you know how I feel. Whether or not the United States word, even in writing, was ever worth a hoot. No, no, but uh, no, no, and that's that's mistaken too because it wasn't the United States' word. It was never submitted to the Senate. It was never ratified. It was a personal promise from President treaty. Bill Clinton. I treaty. I, I purposely didn't say treaty. Treaty, maybe we're still somewhat beholden to, but our word, as far as the president's word, like the letter Bush had written to Israel before Obama came in and said, "I couldn't care less," and maybe it's fool me twice, shame on me, and maybe no country should ever rely on a president's word, which I think is sad. But I think that's the, re the reality. I don't know. When I look at who our current president is, I'm not going to I'm not going to be bound by a word that he says, unless, you know, without Senate approval on it. Who gave Ukraine the jets? 
which jets? The, the New two York jets, jets, huh? I'd be happy to give them the New York jets. Which jets are we talking no, about? No, they <laughs> received two jets from an undisclosed ally of the United States. Any Don't guesses? No. I'm guessing it ultimately it came from the United States. Who knows? They're, they're old Soviet fighter jets, I believe. Yeah, they're probably Polish or something. I know Putin is punishing Israel in certain ways. Um, they're, they're in a pretty tricky situation, but I guess I'm going to go back to Germany. If they really want to stop it, they need to stop the flow of funds. Well, apparently Putin was also punishing some of the inner circle too, right? So that speaks Yeah, to I think their life insurance premiums are going up. You know what? So did anybody watch, because I'm just blown away more and more um, of this media tour that Zelensky's doing. Did anybody watch the interview or see clips of the CNN interview with Jake Tapper and Zelensky? That's who he's interviewing with is flipping CNN. Are you kidding me? No, like this it just makes the whole, huh? Why, why are you saying, are you kidding me? I mean, to me, that just reinforces. It just reinforces. It's all, it's all, it's all for show. Yes. Exactly. I, I, I understand that. But that's why I'm saying, like, do people not see this? Like, when they reach out to CNN, dear gosh. Like, it's just ridiculous. I don't know. Does everybody know what a joke CNN is? I hope to gosh so. I don't know. Who knows? We don't know. The only other story that I think is worth mentioning, it's not so much a debate, but we got more inflation numbers and, you know, we had an 8.5 consumer price index increase and an 11 point something percent increase on the producer pricing uh, index. And the peop- the producer price index in particular signifies future inflation because it's just at the wholesale level, you're talking about what businesses are paying for these. They haven't yet passed those costs on to consumers and we're, we're looking at inflation starting to spiral out of control and um you know i think we talked about it a little bit last week uh you know janet yellen uh specifically said that you know the, the time is now to deal with climate and um I, I think that they want the inflation i think the inflation is how they're going to try and get their green new deal rammed through as much as possible um and I just think it's worth it's worth watching. I mean, uh, I, you know, the Fed is supposedly going to raise rates next week or uh, certainly in May. But I, I heard that they might raise them next week. Um, I think that they might do a little bit to show, but I don't think we're going to see inflation fighting. I, I think that we're going to see. Inf- I think the inflationists are going to win this argument. I mean, the argument being, how do we destroy the U.S. faster? by crashing the credit markets with deflation or by inflating the currency and debasing it that way. And I think that the inflationists are, are, are the ones who are gonna win that argument. They're gonna, that's how they're gonna go about their destruction. I just saw 30 year mortgages are up as high as 6.8 something, two points in a week or something that has gone up. But my really? understanding, which is very wow. big about economics is there is no way out of this without severe pain. Is that pretty true? <laughs> yep. That we're past the point. No matter which way we turn. Either we're going to have massive inflation or we're going to have massive deflation. Either one is going to cause massive pain. Yeah. Already is. That's why I'm thanks. Thanks uh, thanks for reminding me. I have to go to BJ's and do a really big shop, Ed. Yeah. Take a bicycle. Coupons. You got coupons? 
I, and I better do it before the, the bag mandate hits in New Jersey next month. You don't have a bag mandate yet? I thought I already paid. For oh, no, I think May 4th. I've been paying for the bag in Edison. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, maybe they're ripping me off. <laughs> no, I believe the mandate takes effect uh, next month. Oh, boy. Well, I don't want to implicate any specific Dunkin' Donuts, but I've had some good luck with them. But I don't want them to get in trouble. All right. Any other stories people want to bring up? Yeah. Mine was the New Jersey sex education stuff. So there we go. We've learned a lot. Maybe, 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 maybe too much. Maybe a little too much. I should channel Ed Sullivan and say it was a really big shoe. If you're laughing, you're old. Gina made me realize I think I'm old enough to be somebody's father. So we'll leave it at that. I know. I'm almost old enough. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. That was crazy. I do know that I was much younger when I was born. That's about all I'm sure of right now. Okay. Then we're, right. we're going to wrap up for today, folks. Um, I had Sounds a lovely good. time. I hope everybody else did as well. We'll be up as a podcast within hopefully about an hour. Please send feedback to the conservatarian exchange at libertyblock.com. For those who visit Liberty Block, they have had a few uh, these dogs are this week with the website having to do with changing hosts. Exactly what that means, I'm not a thousand percent sure, but I believe everything is going to be straightened out very, very soon, if not already. With that, everybody have a wonderful evening and we will see you back next week, hopefully back regular time, four o'clock and with a full compliment of more than one Ed, not that one Ed doesn't suffice.